Hello, everyone. Robert B. from Montreal. Glad to be here. Thank you, Bridget. You know, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but uh, I don't tend to find myself asked to speak that often. It just so happens that I have spoken out for, I'm speaking now for a second time in a fairly short period of time. So it feels kind of odd in a way, um, as if, oh, here I am going to repeat myself, you know. But so, you know, I was thinking, like, um, what should I say today? And um, what I find is I usually seem to tend to uh, um, dwell in the sort of the darker part of um, addiction. Um, uh, when I tell, you know, my story, I talk about my family and how destructive alcohol was in, in the family and <clears throat> pretty much destroyed my parents, you know, marriage and killed my brother. And, and you know, I got into all sorts of trouble and I got in trouble with the law and 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 so on and so forth. So, but I, I think that sometimes I, I don't put enough emphasis on the fact that I'm glad that I'm here and that I'm sober. And I am grateful for that because um, I spent a hell of a lot, large part of my life drunk. You know, um, I'm like in my mid sixties now and um, I started drinking, I guess, in, as a, a teenager. And I took a lot of other drugs as well. And um, and so I drank, I mean, you know, from that age, late teenager up until, um, well, I tried to quit a few times. In my 40s, I tried to quit. And uh, I, I went to an outpatient program. Um, and uh, I spent a year there. And that seemed to work pretty good. But uh, um, as soon as I finished, um, I didn't have a very good plan in place for what I would do afterwards. And I ended up going back to my, you know, my old uh, drinking buddies and thinking I could hang out with them and, and drink soft drinks or something, which was pretty idiotic now that I think about it. So I, I pretty quickly got back to drinking again. And uh, before I knew it, I was back to, you know, where I was before. Um, <clears throat> in my fifties, I was still drinking regularly every day. Uh, and, um, at that time, that's when my brother actually became quite ill from, uh, cirrhosis of the liver and he was hospitalized and institutionalized and I spent a lot of time with him and it was very difficult and he eventually died from it, but uh, it was a really hard time. And then I really started to drink heavily at that point. And I think I was just in such a sort of a morose state. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really just couldn't deal with uh, what had happened. And uh, I just wanted to drink myself into oblivion, which I kind of was doing. Um, at the same time, I still was working and somehow and uh, able to keep that going. And um, as well, um, I was playing music at the time in a band. And uh, I used to go to these jams and um, I went to, uh, to a, a jam one night and I, I got pretty drunk and um, I got arrested on the way home for my second DUI in my lifetime. And you know what, as much as that caused me a great deal of anguish and money, uh, um, in the end, I think it kind of saved me from myself because uh, as a result of the DUI, I had to uh, take some steps and I had to, you know, really get serious about uh, my sobriety, um, which at that point was pretty out of hand. And, 
I mean, the drinking was. And, um, and I had to show the authorities that I was serious about sobriety. And, you know, I wanted my license back. Um, and, um, and the only way I was going to get it back was if I um, <clears throat> took, you know, the steps required, which included uh, getting help, um, doing some, uh, and also, well, also, and showing them that I was willing to join a program. And then after that program that I would uh, do what was available. And, and, and I figured, well, that would be AA. So I, I went back to AA, which I'd been in before. In my 40s, I guess it was, I tried it. Um, and uh, it didn't stick with me because uh, I couldn't really deal with the, uh, you know, the religious side of it. And I thought the people there were kind of uh, culty, and uh, I, it wasn't for me. I didn't, I didn't like uh, hearing the kind of things I was hearing. And like, I do have a background. I studied in psychology and and social sciences, and so I have some understanding of these kind of things. And and for me, it didn't make sense that people were mixing religion and uh, ways to you know try to remain sober. I didn't get it at all. Um, Funny thing is, after years of thinking about it, I, I do sort of realize now that for those that are inclined and who have faith, I guess it's a really powerful way for them. Um, so I, I don't knock it. I don't judge it. Um, it's just something that didn't work for me. Anyhow, so I left AA at that time. But when I went back later on, um, again, I was in traditional AA. And again, I was struggling with... Um, um, you know, the uh, religious part side of things. And um, I would struggle and I would try to tell myself, well, look, it's, it works for them. So, you know, leave it alone. Don't, don't, don't get bothered by it. And, um, but I would get bothered. And, I, you know, I would hear people, you know, say the things they would say, and that I would want to like say, what, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And, and I'd have to, you know, stop myself from doing that because I figured uh, it wouldn't uh, sit well with the others. And uh, the odd time I would say, you know, kind of like sheepishly almost, well, you know, I'm not really religious. Uh, and uh, I certainly don't think that God is in the business of saving people from drinking. So, you know, I, I have to do it some other way. Um, and I came to the realization that uh, just by being a part of the program and being around these people, it, it seemed to help. And um, I, I guess I'd learned that even when I first did my uh, outpatient program, um, that I realized that being a part of something seemed to be enough for me to keep me on track, you know, um, because as soon as I left that and, and, and then was on my own, I, I, I lost it pretty quickly. So I realized that it was really important to, to be a part of something. Um, which isn't easy uh, for me in particular. Uh, I'm pretty, uh, at times, kind of a moody person, and I and I feel as if I can be kind of antisocial, and and I, it seems it feels awkward at times to be in, especially a large group setting. Um, uh, small talk isn't one of my strengths, so uh, you know, as much as I might feel awkward and and even um, uncomfortable. At the end of the day, I, I keep telling myself, and I believe it truly, that I do need to be uh, with people that are, you know, striving to, to the same end, which is to stay, uh, stay sober. So uh, this time around, it's, it seems so far to be working quite well for me. I've um, 
been sober uh, like three years. Um, I had a relapse before that for a, uh, about six months. And prior to that, I had been sober for five years. So I, I look at it and I think, well, so I've been sober for the most part of a decade, which is amazing when I think about it. You know, I mean, to think at one time that I, I was like, like many probably would would have experienced, like, how can I get through this day without drinking? I mean, it seems crazy really to me now, um, but I don't underestimate it because uh, when I relapsed, it caught me out of nowhere. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really have any, uh, there was nothing that really seemed to me to, you know, was telling me that I was on that road to relapse. Um, so I know that it's uh, something that I should, you know, take seriously that uh, I have to keep on on top of it and uh, that it could be dangerous if I, if I let it slip. And, uh, you know, especially if I was to, let's say, stop attending meetings or, uh, you know, try to do it on my own, um, that would not work well. And, um, and I'm inclined to do those kind of things. So, you know, it's a struggle for me. I, I do like to stay isolate and uh i mean i spent a good part of my last drinking years a uh, couple of years anyway drinking in isolation at home um nothing i like better than having a full bottle of uh whatever it was whiskey or vodka and a pack of smokes and uh, i'd get on netflix and just uh you know uh drink and smoke and uh and be isolated and it seemed fine at the time um but I know it's not, and um, so yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy, you know, that I'm, uh, and I and I have to like try to appreciate it and and to laugh, you know, to to not always be such a grumpy, sober person that's kind of like oh, you know, uh, I don't know, in a bad mood for whatever reason, or or thinking that, you know, negative thinking, it can get to me and, you know, the world's kind of a pretty screwed up place, it seems, and people are all, you know, this and that. And anyway, just to, to just give it a, a break, you know, and, and uh, just enjoy it for what it is or, try, you know, try to. Um, I have no idea how long I'm talking for, Bridget, so if you could. Uh, you can go as long as you like. Okay. Um, okay, well, you know, the, um, my, my coming to discover, um, secular AA was a, a, a real, uh, blessing, haha. Um, uh, I had been wanting to start a secular meeting for a couple of years, um, when we were still in person, uh, in Montreal, and, uh, we didn't have any secular meetings, um, um and but i was afraid to you know i was afraid i didn't know how to get the word out i didn't i didn't feel comfortable to open my mouth in the traditional meetings that i was attending because um i didn't think people would take it well and and it felt to me as if you know we were kind of like um it it, it would be mm, people would 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 take it badly and um and they would hold it against me kind of thing they would be judgmental i guess and and, and so I didn't really know how to um, go about it, and and I was just too uh, unsure of myself to go forward with it. And so then all of a sudden, um, I don't know how I discovered secular AI. I guess it had been around before, but it was only on Zoom that I 
Um, somehow or other, I, I got in touch with somebody who I'd known from the past and, um, um, and he was talking about, you know, like he was interested in starting a secular AA meeting. And I said, yeah, me too. You know, I really always wanted to do that, but I just didn't know how to go about it. So um, he said, well, yeah, we can do it, you know, on Zoom. And, 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 and he was a pretty, he's a pretty outgoing guy. So he did most of the work, I have to say. And he got in touch with uh, the uh, Beyond Belief people in Toronto, and they were kind enough to help us out and to offer us some time um, on their Zoom uh, account, which we still use now on Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> and uh, so it was really pretty, it, it happened pretty easily, I have to say, and I'm, I'm really thankful to uh, the people in Toronto for that. And to my friend who, unfortunately, we had to sort of set, uh, go our different ways because we seemed to struggle for some reason together and and uh, anyway, but I'm really grateful that I had that chance with him because that allowed me to have the, enough confidence to uh, try to, you know, go forward with it. And so so now there's all these, you know, secular Zoom meetings, and I'm just thrilled because I think that's the direction that uh, it needs to go in. Um, at least there needs to be that part of it that needs to exist, I think, for those that don't uh, find the, uh, you know, the faith healing side to work for them. And um, so I'm really happy about that. Whether we'll ever get it to the point where we go back in person or go in person, our group started on Zoom. I don't know if we'll ever be in person, but Zoom is pretty handy, I must say, and uh, allows us to get all over the place and uh, get to meet all different people from all parts of the world. So uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll stop now, but just to say that I'm happy to be here and I'm really happy I'm sober and I hope you're all feeling good yourselves. Okay. I'm done. Thank you very much.